0: I'm so glad that you have joined today to this podcast as we begin to look again at the routines and rituals that lead to righteousness. Things that we do, habits we form that help us to walk in obedience to God. And for the child of God, once we are assured of our salvation, the next thing we need to do is follow in the ritual of baptism. Baptism is very important. Now, the word itself means to immerse, to dip, to bury. It's used, for instance, in ancient Greek of animals being buried in an avalanche. They were baptizo. They were baptized. It's used in the sense of a ritual in the religious sense. At least 100 to 150 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Jews were baptizing proselytes. That is, normally when someone became a Jew, a man wanted to take on the tenets of Judaism and begin to observe Torah and study under a rabbi, then what he would do would be circumcised. And that was the normal ritual and seal and sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham to become one of the sons of Abraham. And so that has been followed since all the way back in Genesis chapter 17. However, During the days of the Greek world, during the Hasmonean dynasty, they began to baptize. That is, when a person wanted to become a convert and they wanted to follow a new doctrine a new message and have new meaning to their life and follow a new master, then they would follow the ritual of baptism. Now, what does baptism do? You place someone into water, that is, they go under, and then they come back. Back out again. Now, what that symbolized and represented was someone dying to their old way of life, their old belief system, their old message that they believed, and being raised to follow a new message, a new belief system, and a new master. Now, that was brought right over into the New Testament when the same meaning is applied to baptism. You see, baptism was for two reasons. One, for illustration showing a death, burial, and resurrection. That is that you've died to an old way of life, an old belief system. That person, that belief is buried, and you're being raised to follow a new belief system, a new way of following, and a new way of believing, and to follow a new master. And that is the idea of illustration. But it was primarily for identification. Now, I'm not trying to just alliterate. This is just the way it is, because identification is what you were doing. You were identifying with this new message. You were identifying with a new master. You see, this is why the Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Acts chapter 8 knew exactly what to do the moment he understood that Jesus was the Messiah. You know the story. There had been a great revival in Samaria And the Bible says that there was a eunuch from Ethiopia that had come to Jerusalem to worship. And as he came to Jerusalem to worship, no doubt he met with a rabbi, studied with a rabbi, because he wouldn't have just come for one day and then left. It was probably for a season in his life he came to study and to worship and make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And on his way back he was on the Via Maris, and he was in what is called Gaza, or the Gaza Strip along the Mediterranean on his way back to Egypt and North Africa. And he was reading the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, yes. He was reading in the Nebi'im, the prophets. And he was reading in the book of Isaiah, what we call chapter 53, after the references were put in. And he was reading where it talked about Jesus being led as a lamb to the slaughter. All of those passages having to do with a substitutionary atonement. And when Philip joined himself to the chariot, the scripture says, Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And the man said something very relevant to his day. And that is, how can I know unless some man teach me? You see, there's no such thing in Judaism As someone being a Jew and being a devout Jew and not studying under a teacher or a rabbi. And so at that point, Philip began to teach Jesus unto him and preach Jesus unto him as the fulfillment of Isaiah 53. When he did that, he believed and he said, here is water, what hinders me from being baptized? He knew immediately that he needed to to identify his life with this new message, uh, the message of John the Baptist, that the Messiah is coming, and that we need to repent of our sins, the message of Isaiah 53, that the substitutionary atonement of Messiah was clearly delineated. He said, I want to identify with that, and I want to follow Jesus as my new master, my new rabbi. The Scripture says they both went down into the water, no doubt the Mediterranean there, and they came back out again. What was he doing? He was identifying with the message of salvation, the message of the Messiah, and he was illustrating that by showing his own death, burial, resurrection to his old way of life and his old belief system and being raised to walk in a new kind of life. This is what Paul picked up on in Romans chapter 6, where he says, we are buried with With Christ in baptism, we are raised to walk in a new kind of life. Now, when you were born into the lineage of Abraham you were circumcised and because you were born into the family and on the eighth day when vitamin K was its highest the coagulate that god naturally put into our bodies circumcision took place and at that point a child was named and all of the rituals that the jews followed Now, when we come to the New Testament, baptism replaces that rite of circumcision within the Christian church. And so here is what started happening. People who became followers of Jesus, who said, we have replaced Israel and we are the new Israel. They began to, when their children were born, they began to immerse them. Yes, immerse them because they were following the same principle that if you are a son of Abraham, then you would be circumcised. And so according to the book of Colossians, The Apostle Paul said that we are baptized with one baptism, and he likened it unto circumcision. But actually, this is very inappropriate, because... A child, even though they are born into the lineage of Abraham, that is a blood thing. They are a child of Abraham by blood. But we are children of God by faith. Yes, it's the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin, but we are not blood relatives. The blood of Jesus doesn't run in our veins. We don't have the same DNA that he does. No, it's a spiritual thing. We are the spiritual sons of Abraham, so we must have a spiritual birth not a natural birth. The church and Christians do not take the place of ancient Israel in the economy of God or modern Israel in the economy of God. It is not that the church replaces the Jew. What we do is We enter into the family of God by faith, and we are baptized after we enter into the family. But what has happened over the years that the Orthodox Church of various streams has said, okay, we're Christians. We replace Israel. We're like Abraham and someone who's born into our family. We baptize them just like they would be circumcised on the eighth day. We baptize them, and they become children of the covenant. And then when they're 12 years old instead of going through a bar mitzvah and becoming a son of the covenant where they can willingly do that, then we have what is called confirmation or affirmation. Well, all of that sounds real good. It's just not biblical because you see the only people that are baptized and recorded baptized in the New Testament are those who have willingly, volitionally given their heart and life to Jesus Christ and they are born again into the family of God and therefore they are children of God so they are are baptized Outwardly, physically, in water to show what has happened to them on the inside. And so, this is why the Apostle Peter, on the day of Pentecost, said to Jewish people, to Jewish people who had come to worship at Pentecost, repent, that is, second person plural, command, imperative. All of you, everyone is to repent. And then, those of you who have repented, you need to be immersed in the name of Jesus, in the name of, according to what Jesus said to his followers, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. You need to be baptized after you have repented because, you see, the Bible gets very specific. It is second-person plural. Everyone needs to repent, and then it gets very specific. Those who have repented... Uh, 2nd person singular, they need to be baptized. So after we're saved, we need to be immersed to show and unashamedly confess our faith in Jesus by saying openly, so everyone knows we have died to our old way of life. We're being raised to follow a new message. That is that we're putting our trust and faith alone in Jesus for His righteousness, and we have died to our old way of life and what we want to do, and we're being raised to walk and follow a new master. And that's what baptism is all about. So I want to encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast and you have truly given your heart and life to Jesus, and if you haven't, you need to do that right now. You need to... Come to Jesus, ask him to forgive you of your sins. You can do that right now, right during this podcast. Ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life, to take you into his family, and to give you eternal life. And he promised he would do that as a free gift. Once you've done that, you need to find a local assembly and ask a pastor to baptize you and become a part of that assembly where you can grow in the family of God and begin to. Exercise these rituals and routines for righteousness as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast.